Howdy, folks, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kirsten Michael, formerly Belial. And I'm Zach Larson. Both Kirsten and I work for the Fremont County Museum System located in the heart of West Central Wyoming. Using artifacts from our three museums and interviews with experts, we're here to discover, and in some cases rediscover, the quirky, the heart-wrenching, the fascinating stories of Fremont County, Wyoming, and the American West. Last month, we visited with Trista Stingley, a local Fremont County resident who helped write the book Fremont Haunts, which contains spooky stories from around the region. This month is going to be a little different, though. We've spent the last year bringing you folks episodes on all kinds of topics. From pioneer history to modern wildlife management tactics, this podcast has dabbled in many different topics and hosted a variety of guests. But at the heart of it all lies these main themes, museums, cultural and natural history, and interpretation in and of those things. Kirsten and I just returned from Mile High City, where we attended the National Association for Interpretation's 2019 conference. Hundreds of interpretation professionals from around the county attended this conference, and I think it's safe to say we learned a lot that we can put to great use in our very own Fremont County Museum system. I'd say so, since we just got done with a staff meeting that lasted three hours about that. Yeah. Uh, But we've given you folks uh, 15 episodes that dive into the history of Wyoming and the American West. So now we wanted to give listeners a look at what goes into being professionals in the interpretation field. So we actually were fortunate enough to track down several people at this conference. And we did a little bit of uh, on-the-road podcasting. And and we recorded interviews with how many total? I think there's seven interviews. Seven interviews. And so we thought it would be fun to to present to you guys each each of these interviews, um, and uh, yeah. (laughs) This series of mini episodes is brought to you by Mick Pryor, a financial advisor with Edward Jones. Long-term goals mean long-term plans. Let Mick Pryor, your Edward Jones financial advisor, help you accomplish these goals. Call in or stop in and let them know you heard about them from this podcast. Anyway. Yeah, before we get to our interviews, uh, let's talk a little bit about what interpretation is, though. I I had I have a few uh, uh, some family members that live in Denver, and they thought that it had something to do with Spanish because I speak English and Spanish. I mean, technically, yeah, you could be an interpreter for somebody who doesn't speak one of the languages, but interpretation in this sense um, has a few definitions. I know NAI or the National Association for Interpretation defines interpretation as, bear with me people, a mission-based communication process that forges emotional and intellectual connections between the interests of the audience and the meanings inherent in resources. And another uh, definition comes from a gentleman named, actually I don't know if it's gentleman, scratch that. Another definition comes from Sam H. Ham, author of Interpretation, Making a Difference on Purpose, and states interpretation is a mission-based approach to communication aimed at provoking in audiences the discovery of personal meaning and the forging of personal connections with things, places, people, and concepts. Put even more simply, one of our guests that we'll hear in, 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 one, of this epi- in one of these episodes described it as making history funny. Yeah, that is that is very much part of our jobs is making history interesting or making history funny. That's why we get to know all of the stories about the headless horsemen and the brothel down the street. We got to make it interesting, but also educational. Yeah. Talking about economics when it comes to brothels. <laughs> anyway, so really interpretation is why we do what we do. It's why we host adventure treks to abandon prisoner of war camps or put up exhibits on the uranium industry of the county. Preserving the cultural and natural histories of the Wind River region doesn't stop at just providing storage for the artifacts. That's really, that's just the beginning. 
And it doesn't happen only in museums either. Interpretation can happen anywhere. State parks, national parks, nature centers, in the hallways of historic hotels, on the side of the mountains, or in the streets of downtown Denver. And here to help us tell the story of interpretation as a profession is a whole bunch of very awesome people. Yep. It's nine, including us. And uh, so with that, let's cut right to our first guest, who is Topher. We're super excited to chat with so many different people. It's really awesome to find a Wyoming native. Um, <laughs> even though you, you no longer live in Wyoming, it's always cool to see how small the world is that we live in. It's great so, to be here. Yeah. So thank you for being here. Um, so tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Topher Downham. Uh, I'm from Boulder now. I used to be from Lander, Wyoming. Back in the day, yippee ki <laughs> um, But uh, I work for uh, City of Boulder Open Space and Mountain Parks. I'm an outreach coordinator, and I do a lot of the accessibility work, too. Uh, I'm a quadriplegic. I got injured back when I was in college, uh, broke my neck, and I uh, was really into the outdoors before and wanted to continue on with that. Uh, so basically, I ended up uh, working for Open Space and Mountain Parks doing like a lot of uh, trail stuff, like figuring out which trails were accessible. Uh, as a volunteer for them, I helped do a guidebook of all the accessible trails. And then I eventually got a job doing outreach and uh, redesigning the guidebook, making it a lot better with Dave Sutherland. Uh, we, we made just an, an incredible one that's really easy to read and everything. And uh, yeah, got, got real involved with taking people with disabilities out for wheelchair hikes, taking uh, people out on all-terrain hand cycles. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about that some more. Yes. And uh, also doing a, a wheelchair experiential hikes. So we put people in wheelchairs and we go for a hike and they get to experience what it's like to be in a wheelchair and uh, like what it's like to be hiking and experiencing nature from a different perspective. So kind of eye-opening. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Um, just to get over to the room where we're recording to at NAI, we actually had to go up, down, and all around because there was a serious lack of signage of the handicap accessible pathway to take between the two hotel buildings. So definitely, that was in and of itself. I thought I had a hard time walking in heels around here, <laughs> um, but you, yeah, you definitely opened my eyes just for how much the struggle is in the middle of a downtown metropolitan city. So I can't even imagine what the challenges are, but also the rewards are of doing this outside in the natural spaces of um, Boulder, Colorado, which I've been, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. Um, I definitely wanna hear more about um, the organization you're with though. So could you give me some background specifically on your org? Sure, it's a uh, city land management organization, basically. We, uh, we're all about uh, preserving uh, nature, like flora and fauna, uh, protecting everything, uh, we also are agriculture based, so we have a lot of, uh, land that we lease out to farmers and, uh, ranchers and everything. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's pretty amazing. We have about 45,000 acres and a lot of it's for passive recreation. Uh, so we have like all sorts of different users, mountain bikers, rock mm -hmm. climbers, hikers, dog walkers, uh, some paragliding too, that just a ton of stuff. Um, I'm too yeah. afraid of falling to do a paragliding thing but if lander people are listening maybe you should take note uh, oh yeah so yeah that is really cool that we that you're from lander you're from fremont county and this is where this podcast really started um and fremont county is very much all of fremont county has so much public land oh. and stuff like that and so to hear and see that you guys are doing this at a metropolitan like in an area where you know people 
it's not the middle of nowhere, whereas a lot of, like, Dubois is the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, but it's so cool to see you guys working in the natural spaces and to hear about the stuff that you're doing. Um, so you work a lot with um, trying to make the outdoors accessible. And so did did you find before you really started doing that stuff, did you find that there was just an absence of people working on this? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, we, when we started, well, when I got injured, I found that uh, just kind of, like I wanted to convalesce by getting out into nature. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, like I had taken a Knowles course. I was like so into the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I knew that that was how I was gonna recover from my injury. So every time I got pissed off at the world and like pissed off at the inaccessibility of town and I would uh, go out and just uh, push on one of the trails. And I started discovering all the trails around Boulder that were mm-hmm. accessible. and. Uh, then I started working with agencies around Boulder um, to kind of discover them, measure them, put them all out. And uh, yeah, in that in that process of my own discovery of that, I really wanted to get other people with disabilities out there to to recover the same way I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was kind of how it started. And uh, we we found that you know some of the trails weren't completely accessible, so we were able to fix them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, others were. Uh, we weren't going to be able to fix them up, but they were accessible enough where, like, we wanted to let people know about them, even if, like, they wouldn't be able to do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was amazing. We got tons of people out there, and and uh, yeah, we uh, we've had so many different programs. We started uh, doing like a downhill mountain biking program for a while, where the Crested Butte Adaptive Sports Center would bring mm-hmm. the downhill bikes out, and we would have like able-bodied riders basically pull them up to the top and then we would go bailing down the mountain just having a blast and uh and then they started coming up with these all-terrain hand cycles where you could like pedal them too and uh we had them bring those as well and eventually we got enough money where we could buy some of our own Mm -hmm. and then we were able to put some power assist on them too so going up the big hills we were able to get up those really easy too Mm -hmm. because when you're pedaling one of these bikes with your hands and you're riding with regular riders, you're slower. And mm-hmm. by the time you do like a two mile ride or like maybe five miles, you're like pooped. And all the other riders are like, uh, let's go get a beer. Let's and uh, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go home and sleep right now. But uh, with the power assist, we were able to ride like a 20, 25 mile ride with regular bikers and mm-hmm. uh, still come back and have enough energy to go get a beer. That um, is, in Colorado, that's very important. Yeah, totally. Um, one, one thing that we've been doing a lot of too with this is Craig Hospital has been like, hey, we've got a rider that really wants to, or an injury that really wants to try out these bikes. And they would show up and they'd be all tentative, like, oh my God, this is the first time I've been in nature. I'm hopping on one of these bikes. Um, and like they look scared and we show them how to do it. We put the helmets on mm-hmm. and we go and we go up like a really big hill and a river crossing. And by the time we're done with the river crossing, uh, they just have a shooting grin on their face. And <laughs> like they're like, yeah. like. Like, like you can just can see this. them like kind of mm-hmm. stepping out of the disabled zone and into the world still like got lots of possibilities and I can mm-hmm. still get into nature. And Wow. And that is a totally unique way to be doing, um, to share the passion of, you know, getting outside and making it known that it's not just for able po- able-bodied people is that regardless of your abilities, um, limitations and stuff, there's always away sometimes you just have to be more creative um like the bikes that you're talking about i 
think I've seen those. Um, there's supposed to be a workshop tomorrow that's talking about um, accessibility for the outdoors. Yeah, we're doing one tomorrow with the uh, wheelchairs and the bikes. Yeah. Okay. Come so to that. I, if I had signed up, I would have because um, we do outdoor tracks and stuff like that. Um, some of the stuff I know for a fact, even the wheelchairs and bikes probably couldn't climb up a mountainside like we do sometimes. Um, but I saw it and I was like, hey, hey, boss, let's do this. But I didn't sign up in time. Uh, right on. Uh, yeah. But OK, so tell me how more long, about how long are you guys here? Maybe you can just come over on like Sunday or something. Um, unfortunately, I know I leave on Sunday. Um, uh, actually, I leave tomorrow evening and I don't know about exactly. we're leaving tomorrow morning. Uh, right on. Uh, dang. But hey, I can't always come back next time. Uh, next time. Hey, that's what this conference is all about is making connections and things like yeah. that. Um, so tell me a little bit about the wheelchairs real quick that you're talking about. Uh, so they're just normal wheelchairs, basically. Okay. Uh, we try to design our accessible trails with crusher finds mm-hmm. and sometimes road base. Crusher finds a lot easier, uh, a lot more packable than the, the road base. Mm-hmm. Um, and that typically you can do with any type of wheelchair. Uh, I'm not a hospital chair necessarily. Those are pretty hard for even going down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, these are just like sport chairs that uh, have regular wheels on them. And we uh, like to give people the full experience of just kind of getting out there in something that they would normally be in. Mm-hmm. That is creativity to the max for sure. So we are currently recording at the National Association for Interpretation. So what brought you to NAI? Oh, uh I've been to it a couple times. I uh, went to the one in Albuquerque, uh, went to the one in Spokane and presented with wheelchairs. We did a little wheelchair experiential around the town, um, stopping in a bar and okay. uh, um, having a discussion while all the the uh, the riders were having a beer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't drink because I was leading the program. You, you know how it goes. The sacrifices we um, make. <laughs> um, and then ended up... Uh, doing a program in France for NAI as well. Um, And it was supposed to be an in-house program, Mm -hmm. but uh, it was so hot there. And I was able to get a hold of a couple of wheelchairs from a local pharmacy. (laughs) And so we did an outdoor program. Um, There was a trail right next door to the the event. Mm -hmm. And uh, unbelievable, like super fun because uh, in the process, we ran into a couple of local Frenchmen in wheelchairs. And they uh, they were like, "What are you What are you guys doing in in French?" Of course, mm-hmm. and one of the uh, the riders, one of our uh, participants, was able to uh, speak to him in French and told him what was up. And they're like, "Can we come along?" And it's like, "Please come along." And they shared their experience mm-hmm. of uh, accessibility in France and like getting into nature and stuff, and just made the whole experience even better. Yeah, that that would be something. That would be one of those unexpected things that you're like, "Wow, that really made the made the trip." Definitely. So, okay, awesome. So you've been to several NAIs. This is mine and Zach's first NAI conference. Is it really? Yeah, so far what, so what, good. What brought you to it? Oh, oh no, you're flipping the table. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so it's we've realized that this, and I can't speak for Zach, but we've realized that this conference is very much for zoos, parks, um, outdoor cultural sites and things like that. But as a museum, we do interpretation. It's very integral to our missions, um, the educational programs we do, but we also are situated um, in the public lands that we do use the outdoors a lot. So we figured NAI being in Denver, which is only like eight hours away from um, Fremont County versus next year's in Florida, that's a plane ride away. 
um, a long one too with several layovers. Oh my God. Um, so we decided that we would try to come to this one just to see what it's about, see if we could get more out of it than some of the other regional conferences. Um, and I'm very happy to say I have notebooks filled with notes. <laughs> Do you? Um, and our boss is also here and he's very excited about what he's learning here too. So that's what brought me to NAI. Zach, I can, if you would like to chime yeah, in. Yeah, basically the same. So, so yeah, that's why cool. we came here. So this might be a fully loaded question and we're already at 12 minutes, so, but I'm just going to ask it. So what's your main challenges with working in this field? Oh boy. Uh, boy, I mean, one of the challenges is just getting everybody like on the same mm-hmm. board, like just basically, uh, understanding that making things accessible is worth it. Um, even if there's not a ton of users that are going to be doing it, mm-hmm. um, but it makes it easier for everybody. And trying to explain that, yeah, like somebody that's pushing a stroller on a trail, it's going to be a lot easier if we make some of these accessible. I have two toddlers. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, so you feel it when you're out there yeah. and running into rocks. and Yeah, it definitely helps other user groups. Um, and if you design it right, it doesn't look like it's made for somebody with a disability but yeah that that's one of the uh, tough parts is just getting everybody on board mm-hmm. um and uh and basically getting people committed all the way through like a lot of times people have great ideas of like okay we'll design this trail to be accessible and then by the time it gets done it's not accessible mm-hmm. um and uh i mean we we have a pretty solid team now uh like there's three of us that are working together uh kind of within open space and mountain parks to make sure that all the projects are identifying accessible parts to it and uh, really trying to uh, hit everything. Um, so that that's definitely one of the hard parts is mm-hmm. like, yeah, getting everybody on board. Yeah. When isn't that a hard part? Yeah, right. But this I can only imagine. Okay. I got something to jump in on. I'm just, I'm curious about what role being outside in, in nature is played in, in, you know, kind of coming to terms with your injury and, and recovering mentally and, and emotionally from, what I what I can only imagine was some pretty significant trauma. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was amazing to uh, be out there, and I didn't even realize like what was happening. Like, like uh, I mean, I knew endorphins and stuff when I was like pushing and I was mad, and and when I was like meditating by a stream and like kind of connecting with everything around me. Mm-hmm. Like I understood that like that that's helpful, and like having that connection with with nature. But then there's also the forest bathing thing that I had no idea about. Have you heard about that stuff? I only just heard about it at this conference. So if you wanted to pretty, tell yeah, the totally. a little it's bit like, about that. There's this whole like research that's been being done. Uh, uh, Shinrin-yoku. It's mm-hmm. a Japanese thing for forest bathing. And they've been doing it for years. And now we're uh, doing it here. It's kind of going, It's it's gone viral, basically. And uh, so they've done research and they found that when you're in a forest, the trees are emitting, emitting chemicals. And I think they're phytocides or something like that something um there's some phyto something Mm -hmm. and uh they uh actually help heal and they've done all these studies now they're online where they've seen like people getting better from a lot of illnesses and stuff Mm -hmm. so that was helping me like uh and i didn't even realize it just sitting in a forest like taking it all in and i was healing Mm -hmm. yeah nature has proven abilities to help with mental, physical, and emotional health. And that is awesome. And one of the reasons why we try to get people out there. Yeah, we need to get not just people with disabilities out there, mm-hmm. everybody. Everybody. 
So um, that does take up all of our time that we have for now. I know we could sit here and talk for a while. For hours, Um, totally. So listeners, watch out for a phone interview with him later. Um, So thank you so much for joining us. Um, This was a wonderful experience, and we are very excited to be able to air this episode. And hopefully, if anybody wants to uh, comment, send us messages about this, um, what's a good way to get a hold of you and your office for people who might be interested uh, probably just uh, contact me on my email, okay. um, downhamt at bouldercolorado.gov. Uh, so that's D-O-W-N-H-A-M-T, as in Topher, mm-hmm. at, and then Boulder, Colorado is all one word, dot gov. Awesome. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was great, and I'd love to interview with you guys again, and maybe when I come up to Wyoming some Christmas or something. or We'll be there. Uh, all right. You can join us in the Porter's 10-cast studio. Oh, sounds pretty fancy. Yeah, they have rainbow (laughs) buttons. What? Um, Okay, so thank you very much. Thanks a lot. So Topher was a really interesting guy to interview. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, he was, and he was a kind of surprise guest. Um, We had originally invited another one of our future mini-sode guests um, to come talk to us, and he was friends with Topher and asked if we if he could bring him along. And yeah, it was. I'm glad that he did because I learned a lot, and I think. I hope you guys listening to this learned a lot about the accessibility and the challenges we face in this field to make it make the field make what we do accessible to everybody. Plus it was just cool to run into somebody that, you know, is from this area. So it's it's great to talk to a lander native on our podcast even when we're far away in Denver. Right? It's such a small world we live in. But yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you so much to everyone who is who visited with us and who our listeners will hear over the next few days that as we release these episodes. Um, and thank you to our listeners for sticking with us through this next episode and this surprise mini series that we decided to publish just because our conversations were so great. We wanted to share them. Yeah. So we've got five more mini episodes after this one um, that will help you guys discover how we rediscover uh, the winds in the world around us. So if you liked what you heard today, like us on Facebook at Rediscover the Winds, a Wyoming history podcast. And uh, you can also catch us on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, the podcasting app of your choice. And uh, watch out Generation Z because we're coming to all of the newest and hippest uh, high-tech social media apps that you guys are using. So if you've already followed us on our various platforms, uh, we really appreciate your support. And we hope you guys get a chance to visit our museums and attend some of our upcoming events. And we do have a few upcoming events. Tis the season to be jolly. Uh, the Dubois Museum is hosting our annual holiday open house on December 7th. Join us for treats and goodies, holiday decorations, and free admission to the museum. Sales in the gift shop make this p- the perfect opportunity to stock up on unique gifts for friends and family. Our open house starts at 10 and goes until 4 on December 7th. This event is free and open to the public. So... Also during our holiday open house, the Dubois Museum will host local author Cheryl O'Brien for a Meet the Author event. Cheryl just released her book, World War II Prisoner of War Camps in Wyoming, and we'll talk about the project and sign autographs. So the Meet the Author event will be from 11 in the morning till 1 o'clock in the afternoon at the Dubois Museum. That is also free and open to the public. You guys might remember Cheryl from, I think, episode 10. Uh, She was our first guest ever on 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 this podcast, and so... Um, she's really, really great. And if you miss her in Dubois, she will also be doing an event in Riverton sometime this spring. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. And so Landon is also, Landon, Lander is also on the holiday bandwagon of Jolly 
events. And they're December 7th, same day. Uh, it's going to be a busy day in Fremont County because they are also hosting a old-time Christmas open house. And But their open house is 5 to 7, so you could start at Dubois and come down to Lander. Uh, you can enjoy Christmas music, crafts, treats, Christmas exhibits, and discounts in the museum gift store. This event is free and open to the public. And then in Riverton on December 14th, uh, exactly a week after the Dubois and, and Lander events at the Riverton Museum from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, we'll also be having our annual Christmas open house. Um, and, you know, come in, we got treats. We're also for the holiday season, putting together a new holiday themed kind of downtown main street exhibit in our basement. So make sure to come and check that out. But, um, for the, uh, for the, the Christmas open house, we'll have a, an event for kids to make their own Christmas ornaments and we will be, we'll have treats and, and hot chocolate and it's, it's going to be a great time for everybody. Indeed. So thanks again to all our wonderful guests for sharing their knowledge and experiences with us on this mini series of episodes that we'll be releasing. And thanks for listening to you guys to this Wyoming History Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten, from the Dubois Museum and Wind River Historical Center. And I'm Zach from the Riverton Museum. And, and we look, look forward, forward to, to this, this adventure, adventure to rediscover the woods with you next time. <laughs> okay.